It is Monday, October 9th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The 49ers solidify themselves atop the NFL power rankings. And Packers Raiders ready to go on Monday night. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. San Francisco establishes NFC dominance. Rangers go two games up on the Orioles. Twins and Astros nodded at a game apiece in the American League Division Series. And is Joe Burrow back? What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, let's start with the NFL Sunday night football like we do each and every Monday morning. The 49ers with a 42-10 blowout victory over the Dallas Cowboys, a game that saw Brock Purdy once again do Brock Purdy things. 17 of 24 passing, 252 yards, and four touchdowns, three touchdowns to his tight end, George Kittle. You know, on Friday morning show, Mackenzie Rivers told us about how bad the Dallas Cowboys were over the middle. Yeah. And I said, does that mean we should play George Kittle props? Well, it wasn't just that they were bad. It was that they were going to sell out to stop Christian McCaffrey. But also, like, they're so good on the outside, but they're bottom five in the interior defense. And and over the middle passing is where the 49ers thrive with, you know, the the slants, the catch and runs, whether it's Debo or Ayuk. And I said, should we play George Kittle props? Well, I should have played the George Kittle three touchdown prop. That probably would have paid nice. He scored three times last night. 49ers blow out the Cowboys. And I tweeted something out, got a little backlash. People, you know, saying, oh, who, who said this? But I said, maybe we should have waited before you crowned the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Patriots, Jets, and Giants. That's it. And people are saying, well, who crowned them? The national media, everyone's talking about the, the way that they talked about this matchup last night was that this was an NFC championship game preview. And I got to be honest, I don't even see the Dallas Cowboys as a playoff team right now. They don't look good. They beat three of the bottom teams in the NFL. The Patriots just lost their second straight game by 30 or more points. Their offense is shit. The Jets got a win over the worst defense in the NFL, and the Giants have the lowest scoring offense in the NFL, who got a first-half touchdown yesterday for the first time this season, and it was because of a 102-yard pick six. So why are the Cowboys an NFC title contender? I guess the same reason the 49ers are, because they haven't really played much of anyone else until this until this game. Steelers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals was the uh, 49ers opponents uh, until this game, and the Steelers are basically the Jets. Uh, I think that we just looked at them as the two teams that were were, were winning the most impressively. Uh, and if you're gonna if you're gonna play bad teams, make them look bad. And the 49ers and Cowboys, with the one exception of the the Cardinals uh, and the, with the Cowboys. They made those teams look bad, and it was proven that there's a gap between the 49ers and the K. It reminds me a lot of the Bills and Dolphins game from a week ago. Mm. It was the the team that we know is good and has been good for a couple years versus the team that we feel like, oh, this might be the, the new wave team. And the old guard really handled their business and made it look like, the, 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 the in this case, the Cowboys didn't belong in that conversation. And 
long story short, I agree with you. I, I, I don't think the Cowboys belong in the same conversation as the 49ers. Um, I think to say they're not a playoff team, I'm not sure about that. I'm saying they don't look like a playoff well, team They right certainly now. didn't last night. I mean, they, there's no question about that. They, they were completely outmatched. Uh, Dakota Prescott looked terrible. Uh, he's just chucking the ball to the other team. And, like, these aren't, you know, contested picks. This isn't like a, a guy getting the ball yanked out of his hands mm-hmm. while, while it, you know, high-pointing a ball. These are overthrowing his guy by seven, eight yards, and it's it looks like a punt return for the uh, defensive backs. It was a bad night, particularly, I think, for the Cowboys' offense, though the defense couldn't do much either. What um, happens if the Cowboys lose two of their next three games? They're at the Chargers, home to the Rams, at the Eagles. I mean, things unravel pretty quickly four and for three him. Cowboys team. They, it could unravel pretty quickly for him. The good news for the Cowboys is, I mean, it, so we know that the 49ers are good and we know that the Philadelphia Eagles are good. I'm pretty sure the Detroit Lions are good. Yeah. Outside of that, we don't know anybody's good. Like Everybody's got warts and they, there's no teams that look like, oh, that's a certain playoff team. That's a certain playoff team. Yeah, no one looks good in the South. In the North, it's only the 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 Detroit Lions because Minnesota can't get out of their own way. And you're right. It's the Cowboys. It's the 49ers and the Lions. And when you think about the the Cowboys, it, like you, you said, they're 3-2. and two. You look at them and compare them to some of the other 3-2 and two teams in the NFC, the Falcons and the Saints. The upside of the Dallas Cowboys that we've seen says they've got to be better than those teams. You know, and any given Sunday, who knows, but – I think that's why we were we were so confident in saying the Cowboys were one of the the NFC elite. They're not. Uh, I, the NFC elite is two teams. It's the 49ers and the mm-hmm. Eagles, and everybody else is chasing them. Uh, it, Dallas is now looking up at Detroit in the in the rest of the NFC race. The idea that this game was only three and a half is just I, I gave it out. It's just it's just I can't. I just didn't make sense that if you're telling me that these teams are only a point apart on a neutral, what would it be tomorrow? If they played this game again, five, six and a half, six and a half, Ooh. six, maybe, eh, maybe, uh, it, it didn't make sense. What do you think the line is on Cowboys next week? Monday night football against the chargers. Where's that in LA? Uh, it'll be, oh, it might be a pick. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Cowboys minus three. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Two and a half now leaked, uh, leaking at places. And that was the, the – it opened at two and a half. We got a look ahead here. We got three. I would imagine Give by – just a second. I'm trying to find a three so I can make a wager while, yeah. we're, while we're here on the air this morning. Well, you want the three. It's going to be at the Westgate. Okay. Check the Westgate now. See if we have an update. But it's, it's three. It's three. Yeah. Wow. I'll take the Chargers plus the three. I think so. Right now before, before it drops even further. Yeah. I mean it... – the Cowboys showed me nothing that make me think. And think about it, the Cowboys or the uh, the uh, Cowboys on a short week. Uh, you know, not a super short week, but Sunday well, no. night game. Well, the Chargers on a bye, but they have the Monday night, so it's the game's on Monday night, so oh, it's not okay. a short week. It's a normal week of work, I guess. Oh, and then the Chargers, yeah, Chargers are coming off the bye. Yeah, give, give me the Chargers plus three. That's yeah. that's a good deal. 49ers will be at the Browns. What's your guess on the spread there? 49ers minus. Four. Niners minus three. Oh, okay. I guess there's quarterback questions for uh, for Cleveland. They've, he's got to be good to go. And that's right the now. short week. It's the short week plus the travel. Yeah. And then you have the Browns with the rest advantage coming off the bye. Yeah. yeah that, that one makes a little more sense. And a letdown spot. 
for the 49ers. Boy, three points for the, I mean. The team's going to lose a game sooner or later. Sure. They're not going undefeated. They're going to lose a game sooner or later. So it's at Cleveland, at the Vikings, home to the Bengals, at the Jaguars, home to the Bucks, at the Seahawks, at the Eagles, home to the Seahawks, at the Cardinals, home to the Ravens, at the Commanders. Well, what did the the game last night tell you about the Cowboys defense? Because we've all kind of they been, can't cover over the middle of the field. We've kind of all been saying this is a dominant defense. I, I mean, I, I think there's no doubt they're a good defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think the 49ers, what the 49ers do well, and mind you, this is something the Chargers do well also. They get rid of the ball. The quarterback gets rid of the ball so quickly mm-hmm. that that. The, the basically Micah Parsons doesn't have a chance to wreck the game. Yes. And if you're a team that has slow developing plays, it's death against, against this Cowboys defense. But if you're a team that can find you got two or three seconds and you can get the ball out of your hands, you can have a lot of success against his defense. Brock Purdy and Justin Herbert, two of the best guys, you know, when, when they're holding the ball for less than three seconds, mm-hmm. I think Justin Herbert could carve this thing up. And I wonder also how much how much they miss Trayvon Diggs. I know everyone says uh, he's just an okay corner. He just makes a lot of play. I don't know. I think that fear of a playmaker on the outside is is a nice thing to have. Give, um, me, give me all the Gerald Everett props next week for the Chargers against the Cowboys. Give well, the, me all the Gerald Everett props. Well, they, they might, what's the other guy's name? Donald Parham. You never know which one they're going to go I'll to. Give me the Donald it. Parham props, too. Either, either or. Whichever tight end, I'm taking them all against the Cowboys next week because they have shown that they cannot cover over the middle. Kittle with the three touchdowns last night. Impressive performance. Let's talk about some other impressive performances on NFL Week 5 Sunday. And, and I know it's a, uh, a winless team that they played. But the Detroit Lions look for real. Uh, this, And I don't know if, how much is it Jared Goff, how much is it the play calling, but some of the things they were doing on offense really looked like it was working. That trick play that the 49ers then copied and ran the touchdown to to George Kittle. It was the same play that, that the Lions did that got a touchdown to Laporta, who looks like a gem with his two touchdowns. Lions 42-24 over the Panthers. I honestly think that it's – the thing that's making this offense click is that they are running the ball so effectively. Like the Lions last year, they weren't running the ball 30 times in a game. 30 carries for 159 yards. Yeah, well, a lot of it came in the second half when they were already sure, winning, winning but, by a lot. But David Montgomery did his damage early. Like yeah. he was beating up this defense early. And he like all, all, they they bring in safeties. Every, they're like, we got to stop this run. And that's when Jared Goff has a bunch of success. So, I mean, kudos to the, the Lions for – I guess I don't want to say changing their stripes, but they've certainly added another dimension to mm-hmm. their offense. That was kind of, it was a very one dimensional offense last year, and th- and there was running, but it was never like bruising type of yeah. running. Like they they're now a team that can bully you, and and they can still have that finesse. They're they're certainly an interesting offense. The, up, the, the up, idea that like, the Panthers up, put up twenty four points is worrisome about their yeah, defense. Yeah, but again, a lot of it was late. The game was already out of hand. Uh, but putting up forty two points without Amon Ross, St. Brown, yeah. or Jameer Gibbs in action. Those are two of your elite offensive players. Well, St. Brown's your number one wide receiver. Yeah. So without him, you still put up. Jared Goff still throws for three touchdowns. I mean, that guy, all he does is cover. He does. He, he is the 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 best ATS quarterback we have seen 
since 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20, it doesn't matter. Jared Goff just covers. And Bryce Young, uh, this was one of his better starts in the NFL. Maybe, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it wasn't good, 47 QBR, but it's better than what he's been doing. So maybe they're starting to turn a little, uh, a corner or something. I don't know. I, who knows what that team, but certainly better than they've looked recently. Let's talk about the other rookie quarterback. C.J. Stroud leads the Texans on a go-ahead drive with about – Oh, I don't know, a minute 50 left in the game, yep. only to see the Falcons engineer their own drive, and Hanyungwe Koo gets the game-winning field goal. 21-19, the Falcons beat the Texans as Houston got into the red zone a bunch but settled for way too many field goals in a game that I think both quarterbacks looked great. You could argue this was Desmond Ritter's best performance. Without question. He was the better quarterback in this game, which surprised the hell out of me. But C.J. Stroud now has the record. The most passing attempts to start a career without throwing an interception. The Texans offense running the football, particularly in the first half of this game, they broke some stuff later, but there was a point where it was like less than one yard per carry. Mm -hmm. I I think it was something like 17 yards on 16 carries and there was a 15 yard run. So like everything was negative Mm -hmm. in the first, like they could not move the ball. Uh, got the got it moving a little bit in the second half, gave themselves a chance, but this team has to be better at running the football. You, if you've got a rookie quarterback, you have to help him out with the running game. And I don't know if it's the coaching, I don't know if it's the scheme. I mean, it could be the the fact that the offensive line is still made out of duct sure, tape and play sure. yep. But it, it, there's got to be a, a secondary form of offense for the Texans, other than C.J. Stroud just making things happen. It didn't work yesterday. And Texans put up 19 points. You know, it wasn't enough to get a win. Yeah, and Desmond Ritter still has not lost a home game in college or the pros. You and I were head-to-head on this one. We were, and it uh, winds up being a push. Some sister kissing going on. (laughs) It winds up being a push at two. Now, if I could have gotten two and a half, Sure. It would have been great. would have been I, a nice you, win. You, this is one of those games Fez would say you shouldn't have lost. No one should have lost because if you bet it in the market, you could have taken the Falcons at a good number, could have taken the Texans at a good number. For the contest purposes, we wind up at a push. Texans do not go over their team total, though. Uh, again, a lot of opportunities in the red zone, but settling for field goals wasn't going to do it. So they had plenty of opportunities to score over 20 and a half. Some would call it a bad beat, but it's just a loss. Uh, let's talk about Kyle Pitts had seven catches and 87 yards, which I think uh, ties his lifetime production oh, congratulations. In, in one game. Yeah, yeah, he exists. Yeah, he exists. Drake London, too. He exists. Yeah. yeah, Ritter looked really, really good yesterday. Anthony Richardson, the number four overall pick, had to leave the game with a shoulder injury after taking a big hit, uh, falling down on the ground, falling on his shoulder. Colts get the victory 23-16. Gardner Minshew in relief. 11 of 14 passing, 155 yards, no turnovers, no touchdowns. And that this is the risk when you have a quarterback that runs the football. I'm more I'm his durability is becoming a concern for me. Like this isn't the first time already. Like this is happening now. Like it's, it was and, the concussion and now it's a shoulder. Injury. And I'll be honest, I, I think had you and I I had the Colts in this game. Had you set and I think I was one of the like Almost every sharp person was on the Titans. Like, I was made to feel like kind of a dummy, I think, (laughs) for the Colts. But had you said, hey, would you rather have the Colts against the Titans or would you rather have uh, Minshew against the Titans or Richardson? I'd rather have Minshew. I think you're right. The Titans, the way to attack this Titans is is go deep on them, and it's something that Anthony Richardson has not proven capable to do. Uh, And Gardner Minshew carved that defense up and and really controlled the game Mm -hmm. once he came in. The story of this, though, is – 
Jonathan Taylor gets record money for a running back. You know, one of the highest paid running backs of all time after, you know, sitting out four games with an injury and somehow and you you see like the Colts are so confusing. They saw Zach Moss, who's making a million dollars a year, was ultra effective for them in the last three games. And they still went and paid Jonathan Taylor a record setting deal. And of course, in this game, Zach Moss was the guy who was phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor, I'm sure they're easing him back into things. But Zach Moss, like maybe he should be a starting running back somewhere. Maybe maybe the uh, maybe maybe some people need to call call yeah. the Colts about him because 23 carries, 165 yards. There was one point where he was averaging like 15 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, you got to get the ball in this guy's hands. The Dolphins beat the Giants 31-16 as speed kills. They just ran right by the Giants in this one. Devon Achan, or excuse me, Achan. 11 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. He reached like 21 point something miles per hour. But then it was Tyreek Hill who uh, was at 22 miles per hour on his catch and run. (laughs) The the Dolphins have the five highest recorded speeds in the NFL this season. Like, it's unbelievable. And we have to start talking about this offensive rookie of the year race. C.J. Stroud is the favorite. Puka Nakua is the second favorite because of the incredible record-breaking start that he has had. Devon H.N. is your third favorite. He just had his third straight 100-yard rushing game with a touchdown. The only other rookies to do that in the last 35 years, Mike Anderson with the Broncos in 2000 and Barry Sanders in 1989. Pretty good company. And this kid is legit. I mean, it took him a game to, to let him loose or two games to let him loose, but... He's incredible. The the Dolphins, they're the greatest show on turf. Or they're the greatest show on grass. grass. <laughs> Literally, um, they have the most yardage through the first five games of a season. That they're better than the greatest show on turf. Yeah. Like and they have the most yards per play of any team through the first five games since the the two thousand Rams. Like this offense is incredible they just ran up against a, a bills team on the road in a bad spot last week they got overmatched but looking at the rest every of other the, every other game they've yeah. not, it's not even been but looking at the rest of their schedule like when's that situation going to come up again okay maybe at philadelphia on sunday night the, the 22nd home against the chiefs at home i give them the edge where else are they running into a bad spot yeah, it's tough to say. Uh, I still question how good this team is defensively and, and shutting down the Giants tells me nothing. Especially, I mean, here we go again with Daniel Jones. Uh, a neck injury says it's the same neck injury he had. Uh, well, they can't protect him. No, they can't. He got sacked 10 times in the game last week, and he got sacked six times in the game yesterday. In like, in like half the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I, the Giants have to be it, – it, but let's face it. Whether it's Daniel Jones' fault or the offensive line's fault or mm-hmm. whose it is, they've got some buyer's remorse on Daniel Jones at this point. Like I would think so. It's hard to build a team when you're when that is one of the ten highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to build around that, and that's what the Giants' reality is now going forward. I mean, that's I mean, their guy. I mentioned it earlier for the first time this season, the Giants scored a first half touchdown, and it came on a 102 yard pick <laughs> six. So the offense has still not engineered. A first half touchdown this season. Do we have you heard any word about Saquon Barkley? Does he exist? Is he coming back? Why would he? 
I mean, I, I can't say that I would if I were him, but they need him so desperately. Like, they, they're such a joke of an offense without mm-hmm. him. Moving on, let's take a look at the Saints demolishing oh the Patriots. 34 nothing. Let's just put this into context as far as Bill Belichick is concerned because these are historic, historic moments for the genius. This is the first time he has ever trailed by 30 or more points at home. Wow. And this is now back-to-back weeks where the Patriots lost 38-3 to to the Cowboys and 34-0 now to the Saints. If not for a – I keep saying this. If not for one blown coverage by the Jets, which allowed Farrell Brown to have a 58-yard catch and run for a touchdown, this Patriots team is winless. Winless. And I'm still going to – that play is just going to haunt me because as for every time the Jets win a game and the Jets beat the, Dolphins, the, the Broncos, we'll talk about that. But for every Jets win, I'm going to go back to that Patriots loss and I'm going to say, how did the, how did the Jets – completely shut down Mac Jones and the Patriots offense and just let up one stupid blown coverage. Yeah. But this this Patriots team, they're 1-4. and four. They should be 0-5. Probably should be. And Mac Jones benched again. This is, uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, Bailey Zappi's not shown a lot yet. Uh, Mac Jones' QBR was 7 yesterday. Like, just the 7. There's no other number. Uh, Bailey Zappi was a 5.3. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they didn't get much relief when Bailey Zappi came in, but I don't know if if Mac Jones continues to get the reps of the ones. I, I, I think Why would like, you? you you have to see if I mean, can Bailey Zappi really be worse than what Mac Jones has been this year? I, I don't I don't think so. And the other thing is that I mean the Patriots couldn't run the ball. And Ramondre Stevenson is as good as he's been in his short career. He was held to nothing yesterday. Zeke Elliott looked like a nothing yesterday. Uh, but with quarterback play the way that they they've had this season, you can't be good. And on a day where the defense wasn't elite, we know that they're running out of bodies on that side of the ball, missing some key guys. Um, the, the offense gave them, uh, obviously, nothing. Yep. The, the, the yardage that they put up yesterday is embarrassing. 156 yards total mm-hmm. in an NFL game, mm-hmm. that is embarrassing. Bill Belichick has is, is, is got to be just flaming I tweeted, right now. I tweeted it out, AJ. I said, how much longer does Belichick want to do this? Because the, the the dynasty's over, Brady's gone, the the game has evolved, and maybe he's his ways are just not working anymore. The game might might have passed him by, and it happens to everybody if you hang around too long. Maybe it's time. Why does he want to do this? This team is horrible, horrible. And remember my bet, McKenzie took me up on it. I said the Jets are going to have more wins at the end of the season than the Patriots. Oh, you're you're in the lead now. I, I'm in the lead you now. You are in the lead now. The Steelers beat the Ravens 17-10. And now for the last 12 straight Ravens-Steelers matchups, the underdog has covered. This was a triple best bet on the Dream Pod. We were all on the Pittsburgh Steelers catching the four and a half. They win outright 17-10. to Let me tell you a little nugget about Lamar Jackson yeah Lamar Jackson had two turnovers yesterday in the fourth quarter he now has 11 turnovers in the fourth quarter of overtime or overtime of one score games over the last three seasons that is the most of anyone in the NFL over the last three years. Yeah. Turning the football over late in close games, not a good sign. No, it's not. And I'll be honest, as someone, I mean, the Steelers were my best bet for the week. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, had you shown me the game that Kenny Pickett was going to play, I would have just taken that bet back. I would have said, nope, there's no way it works. And somehow uh, Lamar played poorly enough in the fourth quarter of that game to let the Steelers back in it, a, a game that really they had no business winning. I, but I mean, the Steelers' defense kept them in it the entire game. They did. And the Ravens scored on, what, their first drive, and that was it? Yeah. Um, I mean, but this was a, this was a game that was – they scored, the Steelers scored three points in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, the offense was dead, dead, yeah. dead. And, uh, you know, a couple mistakes give, gave the Steelers some life. But that's what we say, this rivalry, that's what it is. These are, it's always a one-score game. It's always tight. Uh, this time the Steelers just got the job done. And, and I, I think, you know, these two teams are they're both three and two. I think the Ravens are the better team. Yeah. But in, on this day, Lamar just uh, didn't – he was not right late in the game. The, the the Steelers' offense still worries me long-term. I, I, don't, I don't know how they can Pick, do anything. Pickett looked good in the fourth quarter at the end of the game when they needed the drive. When they needed a drive, yeah. you're right. And him connecting with Pickens on a, a couple of nice throws. So there is some positives to take away. But once again, it's just the Steelers in the right spot. They will always, they will always win you money in the right spot. And that is a home underdog against the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone should have been yep. on this. Everyone should have been on this. The Eagles beat the Rams 23-14. You want to talk about being in the red zone a bunch and settling for field goals? That's what the Philadelphia Eagles did as they moved the ball down the field, but it was a bunch of field goals that led them to only scoring 23 points. Still, never felt like the game was really in jeopardy, even though it was a close game early on after the first two possessions. Yeah, the, the Eagles controlled the clock. And you could tell late 38 minutes of possession late in the game. The Rams, the defense was just exhausted. 454 yards of offense. Yeah. On 78 plays. How did they only score 23 points? uh, It's crazy. I mean, the Rams were bend but don't break. But there was a time when I was like, if the Rams punt here, it was in. Listen, they were in their own territory. Like, I'm guessing every bot would have said Mm -hmm. it was the right decision to punt. But I said, if they punt here, the game's over. And they punted, and the game was over. But I, I just knew their defense was too tired to hold the Eagles anymore. A hell of an effort. Like, I, I really do. Th- I was impressed with the Rams' defensive effort mm-hmm. in a loss. Uh, just the fact that they held them to 23 points. But you could tell the, the Eagles, they just were grinding on them and grinding on them. And eventually, you you just wear down. Like You can only be on – like, the, the, for, the Rams couldn't have any, like, long, sustained drives. They couldn't ball control. And the Eagles, that's the name of their game. It feels like Philly is methodically going through this season, but also it feels like they're just doing what they need to do to win. It's the best. They're not trying to run up the score. They're not trying to impress. They're just trying to get wins. And maybe that's the difference between, you know, Sirianni this year and Sirianni last year is that the experience of going to the Super Bowl and coming up just short is taught has taught him that, hey, we're just going to win, preserve ourselves, and we're just going to keep winning. That's it. It could be that because there haven't there hasn't been a game yet where I'm like, oh my god, look at the Eagles. Uh, we've had those games with the Bills. We've had those games. Obviously, we've had them with the 49ers. All, had them with the Dolphins. Yeah, it, this the the Eagles have just they're taking care of business. Yeah, and this was another example of it. The Bengals beat the Cardinals 34-20. That looked and like Joe Burrow. It, it's true what they say. If you complain enough. You will eventually get 15 catches for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs is trying, I swear <laughs> to God. This was, I mean, Jamar Chase complained, and Joe Burrow made it a point to just feed him and feed him and feed him. 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. I'm sorry if you played against Jamar Chase in fantasy. Yeah, hard times. Um, that was me. 
Was it? Yeah. I hate it for you. Uh, the, the, <laughs> Joe Burrow looked way more like himself. Yeah. And honestly, the Cardinals looked more like what we thought the Cardinals were going to look like. Mm-hmm. The Bengals looked more like what we thought the Bengals would look like coming into this season. So maybe there's something something clicking there for Joe Burrow. Maybe he's starting to be himself. Uh, I'll probably wait another week before I start backing it with money. But this was certainly promising if you're a Bengals fan that, like, Joe Burrow's leg's not going to fall off. The Jets beat the Broncos 31-21. Not only do they get the win, they go over their team total, which I talked about on the Dream Pod, as uh, Nathaniel you had Hackett. Be, you had to be sweating that about halftime. Yeah. <laughs> but also, well, at the end of the first half, it was ridiculous because the Jets' uh, offense was doing nothing in the first half, right? They're down 7-5 because of the uh, safety. Yeah. All right. Now it's 10-5 after they hold them to a field goal. It's 10-8 after the Jets get their own field goal. 13-8 after they hold the Broncos to another field goal. Again, Ben, don't break. The Jets then drive the ball down with no timeouts left. They get to the 13-yard line with 15 seconds left. And instead of throwing a pass to the end zone where it's either a touchdown or an incompletion, Zach Wilson throws a pass to his tight end, C.J. Uzama, at the eight-yard line. So naturally, he's tackled down in bounds. They have to run up to the line of scrimmage. By the time they spike the football, the game clock expired. Yeah. They couldn't even get a field goal at the end of the first half. If that would have came back to bite them, it would have been so Jets. But thankfully, it didn't because the defense did their job in the second half and the offense actually looked decent. Well, and the Brees Hall show showed up in the second half. And you and know what? This was another one where I talk about having betting FOMO a lot. Like, we we knew about George Kittle. Why did I not dump out all my money on George Kittle props yesterday? Like, we knew it was going to happen. But the other thing that we should have known, or I should have known was going to happen, was that Brees Hall was going to have a good game. Because this was the, 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 the Denver was the site last year where Brees Hall had a great game going, and then the injury occurred. And it ended his season. And he was so focused on this game, having an opportunity to get back on that field and to right the ship. 22 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown. I think he did a good job. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah this was a, a hell of a performance by him and really kind of took, took, uh, took the wind out of the Broncos' sails in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. they, they could not stop him. And... um that was that was the difference in the game, in my opinion, the, the way the Jets controlled the ball after after halftime. Russell Wilson, 20 of 31 passing, 196 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 19.6 QBR. He did run the ball seven times for 49 yards, though, which was impressive. His scrambling was impressive. but Except the, at the end of the game when he yeah. left the ball on the ground. But if you are now Sean Payton, you're evaluating your team. You're one in four. I mean, this is what RJ, and I'll give RJ credit for this. He said when he was talking about Russell Wilson passing yards under this year, he said at some point Russell Wilson was not going to be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And that they brought in Jared Stidham for a reason. And do you think that Sean Payton might want to get a look at his backup sooner rather than later? I mean, listen, you're you're going to be out of this pretty soon. Mm-hmm. It, 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 when you say sooner rather, it could be in three weeks. Yeah. I don't think it much matters. But there's there still is a lot of money left on Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's hard to move on. But man, it's it's hard to want to stick with him right now too. Yeah, this team is not good. Zero three at home. The Chiefs beat the Vikings twenty seven twenty. No Taylor Swift in attendance, but Travis Kelsey did find the end zone after 
He suffered an ankle sprain and left the game, but then came back into the game. He finishes with 10 catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Pacheco had a touchdown as well. The Vikings fall to one and four. And you know what? I, I keep looking at Kirk Cousins, and I'm saying he's not doing anything wrong. Like, he's playing good football. He's arguably playing some of the best football of his career. It's just they're not getting anything else from any – they're not getting anything from anywhere else. This defense that was supposed to be better under Brian Flores, I think the big the, – the, the difference is they're missing the key players that they let go this offseason. And, and it's just – it's the players that they have are not picking up the slack. There was also some – Chiefs favorable calls late in that game, mm. uh, including a pass interference flag that got picked up. No, no, no. The, I, the Chiefs don't get – there's no bias towards the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, okay? Chiefs uh, – defender takes his helmet off to talk to the ref, and the ref says, put your helmet back on. And he puts his helmet back on, and the Vikings coach is running down the sideline no, like, no, how's no, there no, not no, a flag no, for that? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't get it. There's no – there's there's no unsportsmanlike conduct for that. You there's know? apparently not. not. Apparently not. But the, uh, listen, the Vikings, uh, this was a very even game. I, I mean, these two teams played it as close as you can, and the, the Vikings had their chances and just couldn't get it done at the end. But, man, I, I, the Vikings are as overrated as they were a year ago when they were, you know, whatever they were. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this t- this team is not a one and four type of team. No, this is a this is a pretty good football team. Yeah, they, they, just... they were they were worse than their record last year. They're better than their record yep, this they're year. They're somewhere in between. And the difference is the one score games. They were eleven and zero last year in one score games, and this year they are zero and four. Yeah, in one score games. <laughs> so, like it, when they say all things balance out, well, I guess it's balancing. I guess the they did win the Panthers game was technically one score because it was a eight. Okay. So, so they're one in four in the, the one score games, but yeah, they, they were eleven and zero last year. Is not the record that they are this year in those one score games. Let's talk about the London game, which was bright and early yesterday morning. Did you wake up early and watch? it? I did Bills? wake up you early did? and watch it. Yeah. So this is what happened. I woke up at seven because the game kicked off at six thirty our time Pacific time. I woke up at seven, saw that it was eleven nothing Jaguars. Know that I had the pick on the Jaguars plus five and a half. Went back to sleep. It was a good call. Yeah, woke up and then caught the highlights and saw that the Jaguars won 25-20. The Bills actually slept through the first half, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have that in common. <laughs> I went back and watched on the you know the NFL Plus, and I saw you know ETN in the fourth quarter did his thing. I th- Calvin Ridley. I, when they tr- so they, they, he ran the ball early in the game, right? He had, like, two carries yep. for, like, 14 yards. That showed me that they were trying to get the ball in his hands. No doubt. Because – He's been, like, non-existent the past couple of weeks. And so when I saw him run the football, I said, oh, they're making it a point to get the football in his hands. And then, you know, seven catches, 122 yards on eight targets. Uh, him and him and Trevor Lawrence were connecting all game. And then I mentioned ETM with the fourth quarter touchdowns. To me, the biggest thing was you mentioned the Bills sleepwalking. And that's the thing. The, the edge that the Jaguars had in this game – Staying in London from last week, the Bills making the trip for the first time, a late arrival as well. Yep, it just they looked out of sorts. They looked jet lagged. Yeah, there's a reason why you know the Bills who'd been on my card three straight weeks didn't make my card this week. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a terrible spot for them, uh, and they they didn't show up at least not early. And listen, the Bills are they're catching some bad breaks right now on an injury standpoint. It's yeah, not defensively, just, it's bad, and it's not just like. 
random guys. Mm-hmm. It's like they're guys. I mean, it, Tra- Tredavious White was one thing, but now Matt Milano, who's kind of like the the heart and soul guy mm-hmm. on that defense, like the 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 leader of that defense, really. Uh, with a knee injury that looked – I mean, I, I'm not a doctor. It looks like an ACL. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't expect Matt Milano to play again this season. As, but, again, may, we've seen miracles before. It sounds like uh, the – who's the guy that uh, – oh, uh, Nick Chubb looked yeah. like his leg was going to fall off. And it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. So may, maybe it's not as bad as it looks, but it didn't look good. You're starting to run out of bodies. Mm-hmm. And, like, this Bills defense that I've been beating the drum for that is elite – and that's what makes the Bills so good is it's not just their offense. Their defense is just as good. You can't be just as good when you lose all your best players. So mm-hmm. the, the Bills certainly, this was a, a, a little bit of medicine for them. It was a bad spot, and now the, the injury bugs are starting to, to pile up on them. But really, the second half, the, the, Bills, the way the Bills played in the second half, you, can, you could handle that. It was just the start to the game. It took them too long to get going offensively. Uh, and yeah, that that's the difference in the game. If they if they're even half of what the Bills have mm-hmm. been most of this season in the first half, they probably win this game. They probably don't cover, but they probably win this game. Uh, they just never showed up in the first half. Total only reaches forty five, so it goes under the forty eight or forty eight and a half. So that means that uh, totals are five and two now at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And speaking of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a lot of Bills uh, complaining about the turf. Yeah, complaining about the the turf conditions, and it's a it's a different field. This is an NFL field. This is not the pitch that the soccer players play yep. on. They play on grass. This is an NFL field that they play on a, at the stadium. And next week, it's going to be the Ravens and the Titans playing on that same field. And I, a lot of players are voicing their concerns. Players do not like new surfaces. Mm. Like they 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 want all the fields to be grass, but they want it to be established grass. Like, you can tell it feels different walking on a new field versus an established field. And players are going to complain about the fields, particularly when guys get hurt. That's what's going to happen. But uh, I I don't think the Bills – I don't think the field is what cost the Bills this game is all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, We have Monday night football tonight. The Raiders hosting the Packers. Line is now up to Raiders minus two. Over Green Bay. Yeah, and the, the Raiders were one of my picks uh, on, on our contest this week, and they were plus one at the time. Um, I, I, so I'm not super surprised to see money coming their way. Uh, maybe surprised to see it has moved as much as it has. Well, I think but, probably the early line was without Jimmy Garoppolo, and now it's, it's he's Jimmy gonna, Garoppolo. I don't know why. I mean, it, it was a concussion. It, like He was, he seemed like the closest one to playing the week yeah. after he had a concussion. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. assumed he was going to play all along. Uh, but I guess now that it's it's – sort of known that makes a difference um but i don't know they're like Devonte adams is banged up a little i guess so I, I i don't feel super strong about this game uh particularly the current number i think the raiders are in line to get a, a home win i i think these teams are probably about even yeah. and, and that makes this line fair at this point i know primetime unders are all the rage but i kind of like scoring tonight i think we see some I could points see that. um you know christian watson has another has remember the packers are coming off the extended break because they played on the thursday right what did the lions just do on the extended break they scored 42 points yeah. everyone's rested uh i think christian watson with another week to now rest after 10 days after playing and that was his debut he didn't do anything in that first game i mean he scored the short touchdown but that was it uh now he's you know he's healthy uh he feels good i think that we probably see Aaron Jones tonight again, even without him. I think Dylan can carry the slack. And, and Jordan Love has just made plays. Like, Jordan Love is 
he's been surprising to start the season. All this kid does is just make plays. Eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, he's running when he has to. Two rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. So I think we get a high-scoring affair tonight at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening. I don't know about any props for tonight. I mean, we can look at uh, kind of like a quick little same-game parlay. I think I'd go with, how about this, passing props. Let's go Jordan Love, 234 and a half. He had 246 against Detroit, 259 against New Orleans, 245 against Chicago, he had 151 in the loss to Atlanta. I'm going to go over 234 and a half for Jordan Love. Okay. That'll be my first play. What's the uh, what's the Max Crosby sacks total? That's another one I was looking at. Uh, first off, we have to select the same game parlay tab uh, because some of these options might not be available for you uh, if they're not in the same game. And of course, this tab. is all on our on, on our good friend DraftKings website. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Defensive, defensive, defense, defense, defensive props. I don't see any Crosby uh, ah, props. It'll be right. up, probably be up later today. Yeah, more but than nothing, likely. nothing this early in the morning right now. Um, total turnovers in the game. Nah, I don't like that. Raiders to record it. <laughs> no, 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 those are ridiculous odds. All right, so part one is going to be the over two thirty four and a half on Jordan Love passing yards. Let's go with prop number two. I want. How about this? Let's go Romeo Dubs has kind of been the favorite target, it looks like, for Jordan Love so far this season. Now, a lot of it has to do with Christian Watson not Haven't playing been around, yeah. the first couple of games. But even last week he came back, and it was still Dubs as the guy. So let's go Romeo Dubs. His total is 46-and-a-half, or Jaden Reed, 34-and-a-half. Jaden Reed seems to be like the deep threat guy. So let's go Jaden Reed over 34-and-a-half. Because I think that maybe Jaden Reed, all it takes is maybe like one long shot. He's got a 44-yard catch this year. So one bomb shot to Jaden Reed, we hit that. All right, let's give one more leg here. We're at, we're at plus 180 on the same game parlay for tonight. Jordan Love over 234.5 passing yards. Jaden Reed over 34.5 receiving yards. Let's go with, mm, you like Josh Jacobs? Nah, that's not, we, don't, we don't want to do that. What about... Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing really interesting here. Why don't we just go with the Raiders to win? So you think it's correlated. If the Raiders are winning, then the Packers have to be throwing. I think so. So let's go Raiders money line. Raiders money line. All right, this is the parlay. This is the weekend getaway, as they call it. We have three plays for tonight's game. We're going Raiders money line. Jordan Love over 234 and a half passing yards. And Jaden Reed over 34 and a half receiving yards. That is plus 375. I dig it. All right. Weekend getaway from Monday Night Football, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, a celery chopped up, and... Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner 
and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. You know, if the Texas Rangers still had Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, oh, man. I venture they'd be the favorites to win the World Series. They might be. Two straight wins in they the prob- wild card round. They'd probably be, they wouldn't have played in the wild card round more than likely. <laughs> well, that's true. Things would be different. But two straight wins in the wild card round over the Tampa Bay Rays, and now two straight wins in the divisional round against the Baltimore Orioles. And because of that, the Texas Rangers are your favorite to win the World Series. Right are they now. really? They are plus 340. Now, again, that you have to keep in mind. They're not saying that the Rangers are the best team right now. But the but Rangers are up 2-0 in their series. They got the best chance to be in the next round. They're up 2-0 in their series, and they're returning home. Now, we don't have any other 2-0 series. We might tonight. There's two game twos tonight. Phillies at the Braves. Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. If the Phillies beat the Braves or the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers, and they're up 2-0 going back to their home field, well, maybe the Phillies will be the favorite to win the World (laughs) Series. Maybe the Diamondbacks' odds creep up. Because right now, the Rangers are the favorite to win the World Series. Phillies are your second favorite at plus 400. Okay. Astros are next at plus 450, tied with the Braves. And then it's the Dodgers, Twins, Diamondbacks, and Orioles are bottom of the barrel now, 40-1. to to win the World Series. Mentioned the uh, Rangers winning 11-8 yesterday. They held on despite uh, valiant efforts by the the Orioles. This was a game that was Baltimore scored early, 2-0 in the first inning, and then it was 9-2 before you could blink. Yeah. Not a good performance. Rangers bats have shown up in this yep. series so N- far. Not a good performance from Grayson Rodriguez, who goes just one and two-thirds innings, allowing five runs. On six hits, he walked four batters. And Grayson, he, he listen. There were times in this season where it's like, man, this guy's really got yeah. some some juice. And there were times when he had games like this. So he he hasn't been a reliable guy all year. He's been a, a lot of strikeouts, mm-hmm. but he's had blow up games. This was a bad time to have one. Rangers minus a thousand to win the series. 
uh, the Orioles plus 750, but it's going to take three straight wins for the yep. Orioles to do that. The Twins, meanwhile, even up their series with the Astros 6-2 so that they steal home field advantage. And this was the Pablo Lopez show. This guy through two starts now in the postseason is lights out. Seven innings of shutout ball yesterday against the Astros. He always, he allows six hits. He walks one. He strikes out seven. And he has been the guy. You know, it's amazing. When the the the, the Twins traded Luis Arise to the Marlins for Pablo Lopez. And so you traded away the batting champ in the American League, who then goes on and is the batting champ of the National League, right? <laughs> you, tra- you trade away him and you get back Pablo Lopez. Both players help their teams get to the postseason. Yep. But only one of those players can literally steal you a postseason series, and that's the elite starting pitcher. And that's what Pablo Lopez did possibly last night, beating the Astros and taking the 6-2, the, the 6-2 win and the 1-1 series split so far. Well, and even more than the Pablo Lopez show was how bad Framer Valdez was. Yeah. And this is a guy who... You know, at the beginning of the season, there was talks about is this guy is this one of the best pitchers in the American League, and he it has it hasn't been a bad season for him, but it's certainly not been the season that people were expecting from mm-hmm. him. And if you remember the Astros in in the off season, it was like, well, they were okay letting these guys walk away because they had so much pitching depth. They just don't have that now. Like Christian Javier and and Luis Garcia and all that. Like Luis Garcia is gone right now. Mm-hmm. Like all these guys that they thought they were going to be able to count on, they haven't been able well, to. We count saw Hunter on. Brown out of the bullpen, but I don't know how they plan on deploying I, him. I don't either. I don't know. I, I don't know JP France. I don't know yeah. how they're going to deploy. Like it, it's just not a great staff, and that's a, that's a problem for this team because the bats aren't what they were three mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, so they they are going to have to get way better pitching than this. You can count on Verlander. It feels like when sure. he throws, yeah. Everybody else feels like a big question yeah. mark. And you would have thought Verlander. If I had told you, and obviously Verlander wasn't on the Astros to begin the season, but if I had told you at the beginning yeah, of the season, abroad. the the Astros would have a, a, a playoff series where they started Verlander game one and Fromber game two, you'd say, oh, well, that's they're winning that series. Yeah. It's just not it's not a guarantee anymore. Well, the Astros still favored to win the series. They're minus 125. The Twins plus 105 on the comeback. Game three will be uh, tomorrow. It'll be Christian Javier going for the Astros and Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins. And we don't know who's starting for the Orioles on t- tomorrow. It'll be Nathan Yavaldi starting for the Rangers as they look to finish out the series. I, I bet it's John Means. Yeah, most likely. Uh, here's what we have on the schedule tonight. We have game twos in the NLDS. And because of the off day between games one and two, the Phillies were able to utilize their bullpen a certain way because Rob Thompson knows that he can bring these guys back to pitch in game two. And then you have an off day before game three. So I think Rob Thompson do a hell of a job managing so far this postseason. But the Phillies will have Zach Wheeler on the mound tonight. Max Freed goes for the Braves. And Max Freed is coming off the IL dealing with a blister on his finger. If that blister opens up, I wonder how what the, what the leash is going to be like. Braves are minus 162 tonight. Wheeler is a plus 136 dog. Yeah, well, there's DraftKings dog of the day. I like uh, it. I, I like. The, I already have the Phillies to win this series. I do, so. I've got the Phillies to win the World Series. Yeah. I, 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 think, I honestly think the, the Phillies may sweep this series. Well, if they win this one, then you have uh, Nola in Nola game, in game three. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Against uh, Bryce Elder? Yeah. So. It'll be a nice time to have... Charlie F. and Morton, like guy, guy who's got roster. some real postseason experience. Not on the, no. not on the, he's not on the division series roster. He's hurt. 
So that in that game, that'll be on uh, Wednesday. But we'll see what the Braves decide to do. It all matters on what happens tonight. Phillies first. are sweeping. But I, I like the Phillies tonight. You like the Phillies tonight. Um, I you? like the Phillies with a plus by their name, too. Plus, I, I, yeah, plus 136. Their lineup is just uh, – I talked about this with Josh Towers on the baseball pod. And we'll, Josh Towers and I are going to record another episode tomorrow. Okay. So that'll be up because we're going to wait until – Every series has two games, yep. and then you shift the locations, and then we'll do a, a recap of the first two games, preview of the like next it. game or so. Um, but we talked about the Phillies lineup versus the Braves lineup. One through five, they're extremely comparable. But six through nine, the Phillies have a better bottom of the lineup than the Braves do. And, and it's it, I, I understand like the Braves had this incredible season, but I think people were just way too quick to dismiss the Phillies. And maybe I was at one point as well, but this is a team that I've backed. I've given it out. You know, I'm on the Phillies to win this series. Uh, I was on them to, to win the, the wild card series. We're going to be on them tonight to win this game and to finish off this series. So uh, they're in a great spot right now with their ace Wheeler on the mound with a 1-0 series lead. Also in a great spot, the Arizona Diamondbacks who destroyed Clayton Kershaw in game one. And yeah, now, but Clayton Kershaw can't pitch every game for the Dodgers. So. That, well, they, <laughs> yeah, they destroyed him in game one, and now they will have their ace, Zach Gowan, on the mound tonight against Bobby Miller of the Dodgers. Dodgers are minus 166. Gowan and the Diamondbacks plus 140 on the comeback. What a frustrating thing for the Dodgers to have a guy like Clayton Kershaw who's been so fantastic throughout his career and has never been a postseason winner. Yeah, he had the the one. Remember, he got over the hump and everyone was like, oh, he finally got over the hump. By the way, does anybody recognize uh, the COVID championship? I mean, we don't do it. We don't do it for the Lakers in the bubble, right? Well, we every, the they'll call it the Mickey Mouse Championship, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it seems like everybody is okay with the Dodgers winning one. No, no, no Lakers and Dodgers. Because the Dodgers get theirs got stolen from them. Remember? Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna we're just, <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, but I like the Diamondbacks again. I like them in this series. I think they're live dogs. Zach Gallen gives them the edge here in Game Two. Plus one forty dogs. I like the plus one and a half next to their name as well. Minus one sixty two. So you're laying a juice on the plus one and a half. But it's hard to imagine Gallen giving up a bunch of runs he might early I, if the Dodgers are going to get the gallon it's going to be early the first inning has been a house of horrors for Zach Allen he gave up two runs in the first inning against the Brewers but then locked it down for the rest of the game wound up finishing with just six innings and only the two runs allowed so if the Dodgers can't get the gallon early I think they're in trouble yeah, and I'll be honest, I don't love the mindset, the mentality of this Dodgers team. And the video that's been making the rounds is uh, Peralta, he gets a double, and he's, like, dancing yeah, on second base yeah. while they're down 9-0. to zero. Yep, yep. It's like, that's a loser move, and it, it makes me feel like this, this is not a championship-type team. Right now, odds to win this series, it's the Diamondbacks, who are minus 155 compared to the Dodgers plus 130. So that that's interesting. So in the Phillies, too, Phillies are minus 170 compared to the Braves, who are plus 140. Now, a lot of it has to do with game the fact that, that, one, they have a game in hand, but they also have home field advantage now. Yeah. Because they'll have, you know, two games at, at home. Sure. They only got to win one. Um, but if you look at the odds for tonight's games, well, Diamondbacks are minus 155 to win the series. Phillies are minus 170 to win the series. Both of them are underdogs tonight, which means that if they both lose tonight, the other team becomes, well, I guess I guess it might be closer to a coin flip. Because then it'll be a game three at the... Uh, at the, the It'll be like the Astros twins where it's like minus 125. Yeah. It'll probably be like Diamondbacks minus 115, Phillies minus 120, yep. something like that. But 
I got to be honest. I like both of them as dogs tonight. I really do. I think I do too. I think I think we're headed towards a Diamondbacks Phillies National League Championship Series, and in the American League, who knows? I think they're battling for the silver boot again. Astros Rangers. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Oh man, there would be some hate. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> the state. Yeah, yeah. Before we wrap things up, let's shout out our Las Vegas Aces, who take game one of the WNBA Finals between the two super teams, the Aces and the Liberty. Vegas winning 99-82 last night. Game two will be on Wednesday here in Vegas at the uh, Michelob Ultra Arena. And Vegas, a minus five-point favorite in game two. Just collecting championships around here, Scott. That's all we do here in Las Vegas. Collect collect rings. Yeah. Tomorrow night will be the banner unveiling for the Vegas Golden Knights as the NHL regular season uh, drops the puck. See, I was going to say tips off or kicks off. Yeah, the they drop the one. puck. I like that. They drop yeah. the puck on a new season to, uh, tomorrow night here in Vegas, Tuesday night. That's going to up nights. your workload, isn't it? I'm not looking forward to it, <laughs> but I am looking forward to it because I'm so pumped for hockey season. But, yes, it will up my workload. I'll give you a little bit of a nugget. How about a little a teaser? Teaser for tomorrow? Okay. Teaser. Defending Stanley Cup champions, 60, 25, and 16 Ooh, season openers. That's pretty good. That's I'd say that's pretty good. Uh, the Knights in the game on Tuesday are a minus 170 favorite. Who are they playing? The Kraken. Ah, Release the Kraken. Let's go. I like the Kraken a lot this year. Oh, yeah? More than the Knights? Uh, Don't say hard it. Hard to say. Don't say um, it. But I do think the Kraken. Keep you out of town. The Kraken right now to win the Stanley Cup are 35 to 1. Okay. I mean, I, I like them. You like, the, you like those odds? I like the Kraken. All right. The playoff team last year. I like them. Also, um, I have a plus 900 bet, future bet, that I will give out on straight out of Vegas tomorrow morning let's go in honor for in honor of the start of the nhl season tomorrow night i like it so tomorrow morning tune into straight out of vegas am where i will give you a plus 900 futures bet that it might be my most favorite futures bet that i've put in in a long time all right and it's plus 900 that's coming up tomorrow morning you on straight listen. out of Vegas AM. Do yourselves a favor and head to pregame.com and jump on board the discounted packages we have available for you. Or maybe you want to take uh, advantage of a season-long subscription, whether it is a NHL season-long subscription, NBA starting soon. You can get a McKenzie Rivers NBA season-long subscription. Or maybe you want the rest of the baseball postseason. Maybe you just want to go daily best bets. Why not? Or AJ's UFC card. AJ's college football card was eight and four college football card on Saturday. Week, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, you can go to pregame.com, check out all the offerings we have for you, and use the promo codes we give you on Straight Out of Vegas so you can save some money. We're going to help you save $15. Take $15 off anything you want at pregame.com if you use the promo code SWIFT15. SWIFT15, like Taylor Swift. SWIFT15, or, or DeAndre Swift. SWIFT15. 15 or i mean come on come on, we got more swifts come on we need more swifts uh, swift 15 is gonna get you 15 dollars off at pregame.com it's for you the listeners of straight out of vegas so please use that coupon save some money on the website and again tomorrow morning i will give you a plus 900 future that i'm not gonna guarantee it but i'm not gonna not guarantee it how's that okay 
For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.